Hello, everyone, and welcome to a Wednesday edition of the Orange and Brown Talk podcast. Dan Lobby with Mary Kay Cabot and Ashley Bastock. Uh, we went to our Football Insider subscribers yet again today to give us some questions as we approach the new league year. Uh, lots of things coming for the Browns. We're still sort of in a, uh, a little in-between period right now, but um, let, let's get to it. And of course, the big news in the NFL is Lamar Jackson. So, all right, I asked for some yes and no, true and false questions. Clara in Shellsburg, Iowa did not give us one of those, but she is one of our regulars. So we'll we'll give her a pass here and she gets to lead us off. Uh, she says her question isn't about the Browns. It kind of is, but it is related to the AFC North. How do we all think the Lamar Jackson situation will play out? Stay in Baltimore, sit out, go to another team. How do we think this plays out? And we'll also just take this to another level. I mean, what impact does it ultimately have on the Browns? Mary Kay, how how is this going to go? You know, it's hard to say how it's going to go, but it does seem to me like there is some bad blood between Lamar and the Ravens right now. And, uh, you know, sometimes things get really ugly before they get good. So maybe this is just one of those situations where uh, they have to let him go out uh, and see what he can get basically on the open market now uh, with someone uh, that would have to give up two first round picks to the Ravens. Let them set the market. Let uh, let the Ravens have him go out and see if he can get that guaranteed contract that he really wants. Um, but, you know, it could end in a separation between the two. And if it does, then they're starting over uh, to a degree. They've got a new offensive coordinator in Todd Munkin, former Browns offensive coordinator. Uh, and if they don't have Lamar, I mean, the statistics are are pretty compelling. Their record with Lamar and their record without Lamar is like two and eight. Their record with Lamar, I don't have it in front of me right at the moment, but it's pretty darn good. Um, so, uh, you know, I think that, they really need to do everything they possibly can to wrap him up, but this could, you know, this could go south very quickly. Yeah, Ashley. I mean, I guess if you had to, if you had to bet on it, would Lamar Jackson be a Raven next year, or will he be someplace else? I guess if I had to pick, I would say someplace else right now. I mean, like Mary Kay said, I just feel like there's kind of a lot of bad blood on his end. And it's like, can this be salvaged right now? And is he going to get, you know, a higher offer from somewhere else that they're just going to look at and be like, you know what, we're going to kind of have to start fresh on with this quarterback, with a new offensive coordinator. Um, I just, right now, I'd be more surprised if he was back in Baltimore than not. And I mean, in terms of the other question of, how does it impact the Browns? Like Mary Kay, I think has talked about this on the Hayam K pods. Like it totally shakes up the AFC North. If they have a question at quarterback now and, you know, Kenny Pickett, I think still has some questions about him, even though he made some great plays in those final games for the Steelers in the end of the year. And then of course you have Joe Burrow and Deshaun Watson, who has questions of his own. So I think things become a lot more tossed up in the AFC North quarterback race there. Mary Kay, when, when you kind of look at this situation, I, I, you know, I, I, I think I would go the opposite way of Ashley. I think I would say that he ends up back in Baltimore. Um, I, I just think the Ravens are going to let the market dictate this and see if somebody's willing to give him that guaranteed money. The, the only way that I think it could go south is if Lamar just says, you know, forget you guys, just trade me. Um, you know, I could see that situation happening. Um, but I feel like in the end, this is going to end up with him back in Baltimore, maybe not getting the money he wanted, but still getting a really good deal. Uh, but 
the other part of this was, you know, could he sit out? I mean, this could certainly, if this drags out long enough, it could end up him missing the offseason program or even, you know, then we start to get into like training camp and things like that. This could certainly, even if it's just to that degree, what impact do you think it has? Well, you know what? He is a very principled young man and he's not happy right now. And so therefore, I think it would be very hard for him to go back there and play for $32.2 million or whatever it is under the non-exclusive franchise tag, which is significantly less than the $45 million he would have made under the exclusive tag, which would have given the Ravens sole negotiating rights. Um, So I think that's going to be a tough pill to swallow if it comes to that. Uh, Hopefully for everyone involved, it won't come to that. Uh, because I don't know, you just hate to see a really good quarterback like Lamar Jackson completely embroiled uh, in a battle with his team. You don't like to see things end that way. It's not a good look for the team, for the league, for the player. Um, you know, he, he's just too good and has done too much for Baltimore uh, for it to, to get super ugly. So hopefully it won't. But I feel like he is so principled that he's not just going to uh, sit back and, and, you know, take whatever he can get. I think he's going to put up quite the fight. It's one of the reasons why he doesn't have an agent. He likes to do things his own way. And, um, you know, I just think the fact that they have made it clear from the very start, from the moment Deshaun Watson, and I wrote a column about this yesterday for today, from the moment Deshaun Watson signed that fully guaranteed $230 million contract, the Ravens have basically made it clear, we don't want to do that. We don't want to do that. And you know what? That's what Lamar wants. He feels like if Deshaun can do that, hey, I was a unanimous MVP in 2019. I certainly deserve a contract like that. And that's what he's looking for. Now, will he get it? There's all kinds of talk on social media that all these teams, you know, aren't interested and aren't going to pursue him. Uh, You know, we'll have to see how this goes, but uh, right now there's definitely some bad blood and I just don't think it bodes well for the Ravens and Lamar. So if Lamar is not in the AFC North, Mary Kay, where would you, where would you rank the Browns in the division? It depends on who lands there, right? I mean, if things get really crazy and, uh, you know, and, and somebody else lands there that's an established and really good quarterback. If things fall through between the Jets and Aaron Rodgers, who knows? I mean, maybe Aaron Rodgers lands in Baltimore. You never know what can happen. The quarterback carousel is just kind of going round and round right now a little bit. I mean, you, you never know. What I mean, maybe Jimmy Garoppolo ends up there. Maybe Aaron Rodgers ends up there. Maybe... Tua ends up there or one of these places where Lamar goes, their quarterback ends up there. So anything can still happen. I think it's hard at this point to say where the teams would fall until we see who's the quarterback. Ashley, what about you? Would would you, would you reshuffle the division? Would you move the Browns ahead of Baltimore behind Baltimore? I'll just say I, I am strictly, I'm in like just looking at the Browns in a vacuum mode just because to, I feel like we do this all the time. It's like, well, this thing has gone the Browns way and the Steelers have a rookie quarterback and we list all these things. And then the Browns just fail to take advantage of them. So again, this is my fully cynical off season. I'll believe it when I see it, but I mean, there's a case to be, I know. I, I think I kind of tend to agree with you, Dan. I mean, and coupled with what 
Mary Kay basically laid out, right? Like it kind of depends on how the dominoes fall in this quarterback carousel this offseason. Last year, I think things ended up going a bit more predictably than people assumed it might. You know, I think the Russell Wilson going to Denver was obviously huge. And then the Browns trading for Deshaun was huge. But, you know, Aaron Rodgers won back up in Green Bay and things kind of settled down overall after that. So I do wonder, like, how this, you know, this would then create an opportunity in Baltimore for somebody else who would wind up there. Um, but I wouldn't get overly excited if he left and put the Browns ahead of them immediately. Um, just because I'm like, I just get a feeling, and we talk about it, like with the Ravens and the Steelers, that they just seem to like, kind of have a handle on how to handle these things really well. Um, so even if they do have a new quarterback last year, like Mary Kay said, I would kind of still bank on them going with going out and getting somebody who's more established. And then it's like, well, wait and see, like we're not going to have the Browns jump over them in our hypothetical vacuum rankings just yet. Okay. So this comes from um, the Pope in Fremont. He says rainy, cold Fremont, California. So there you go. Sorry, Pope, we're thinking about you in rainy, mm. cold Fremont, California. Kind of an interesting uh, what if, uh, considering what happened last year and now going into this year. Uh, he's wondering, based solely on talent, no salary considerations, if you could swap quarterback with the Ravens tomorrow, would you do it? He's kind of going back and forth with that trade. And it kind of got me thinking, like, let's say the Browns hadn't gotten Deshaun Watson last year. Would they... Like, would they be in on Lamar this year all of a sudden, Mary Kay? Do you think they would? Like, what if they had gone Baker Mayfield for another year and then this happened? Would the Browns have thrown an offer sheet at Lamar? Yeah, why not? Absolutely. Why not? Of course, uh, he would have been a tremendous upgrade over Baker Mayfield. Again, you're talking about uh, unanimous MVP. You're talking about playoffs. You're talking about a great, uh, a great record. You're talking about dual threat. Lots of rushing touchdowns, lots of runs. Um, so, yeah, I, I think that he would have definitely been someone up in that echelon they would have looked for. Um, and that would have been very interesting. But I wouldn't do it now. I wouldn't do it now in part because uh, he has been injured each of the past two seasons at very key times. Uh, I think Deshaun is more solid than that, a little bit more durable than that, or at least he has been. Uh, and then the other thing is that you would be changing your whole entire offensive philosophy. I mean, you really have to do things in a different way and you have to have the staff that is ready, willing, and able to implement uh, an offense just uniquely suited to Lamar Jackson. And I think it's going to be hard enough to come up with something uh, that really maximizes the skill set of Deshaun Watson. So I'm going to say, um, Stick with what they have and make it work. I think I think I agree with that, Ashley. I think because Deshaun fits, I think, what Kevin wants to do more than Lamar does. I, I just think that, with like Mary Kay said, with Lamar, I think you have to remake your offense to an extent. I don't know if you have to go as extreme as the Ravens did. Um, I actually do want to see him kind of play in, in that Todd Munkin offense and see what that looks like. But, and you know, he, and he was in a more open offense in Louisville, too. But I think Deshaun just fits a little better, at least based on, on what Kevin wants to do. I do too. And when you asked the question and Mary Kay mentioned it, the first thing that came to my head is the injuries lately. I mean, those have been some, you know, he's missed a handful of games. And I think, you know, Deshaun obviously missed his games last year with his suspension, but 
I would kind of like place that over Lamar in some way, given the fact like we do think Deshaun Watson is more durable right now. And I think that might take some time to know for sure. Um, but yeah, I'm with you. I think like what Deshaun Watson's skill set is, it just matches more with how this Browns offense is built, the kind of talent they have. Um, and it's not overall that big of a jump, but I mean, I think last year, if this would have been last year or or Baker Mayfield would have been here this year, they never get to Sean and then you're moving on from Baker this year. Like, I think it's no question at that point you would want to go out and get Lamar. But when you already have Deshaun, I think you stick with what you have. Mary Kay, one other um, Lamar Jackson question. Why do you think there was kind of this rush yesterday for teams to put it out there that they that they weren't interested in going after Lamar Jackson? And do you believe all of them? No, I don't believe all of them. Uh, You know, I think that sometimes teams like to kind of tamp down the controversy and just keep things flatlining a little bit as they head into uh, free agency. If it's a team with an existing starting quarterback, you don't want to rock the boat, ruffle any feathers. Um, You know, I mean, again, like the Dolphins have Tua. You know, there, there are teams that, you know, where you just don't want to really cause a ton of controversy right now when you've got some things hanging in the balance. You're trying to resign guys. You're trying to, uh, you're trying to make trades. You're trying to do all kinds of things like that. I don't know. I really don't believe that in that short time span, because by five 30, okay, the deadline for the franchise tag was around four o'clock by five 30, there were five or six teams that supposedly uh, were completely out on, on the Lamar Jackson sweepstakes. And I, I really don't believe it. Um, you know, nobody really has to declare their intentions until Monday when the pre-negotiating period begins. It's different than it was with Deshaun Watson. The very moment that Deshaun Watson was cleared of a grand jury, uh, you know, it was time to toss your hat into the ring. And like you had to jump on the bandwagon immediately and let everyone know that you wanted to be in the Deshaun Watson sweepstakes. Well, you don't have to do that with Lamar really until Monday. Um, and I'm sure that there's back channel stuff going on between now and Monday, but you know, there, there wasn't this real, you know, sense of urgency yet. So some of the teams that were on that list, I could see getting involved. And, you know, even with Deshaun, it was like, you know, before the grand jury, um, you know, before they, they didn't um, indict him, you didn't have teams out there saying, well, you know, if Deshaun becomes available, we're going to go after him. You know, it didn't happen until it was kind of right on the cusp there. So, I mean, even the Browns were, you know, at least publicly preparing to move on with Baker Mayfield, but it's not like the grand jury decision came out and it was, oh crap, we better do some research on Deshaun Watson. <laughs> they, right. all, all these teams knew knew what they were doing so yeah Ashley I'm I'm a little cynical too that all these like are we sure all these teams are really just out on Lamar I know I was thinking about the race for Deshaun Watson too like and you said it right there I mean teams were obviously accounting I guess for every possibility last offseason that knew they might be interested in him but you're not going to be open about that process um, until you know it leaks that that you're actually going through it or whatever um, or until you actually get the guy so I think that's just kind of par for the course like you take these rumors and and teams saying oh we're, we're totally out of it I think with a grain of salt some of them might be but 
I would say anyone who maybe has any kind of interest in a potentially new quarterback for next season is going to put in their due diligence now so that they are ready if, you know, the time comes where they can get in for, into that race for him. Okay, we're going to take a break and we're going to wrap up this edition of the Purple and Black podcast. We're going to take some more uh, Brown Center questions here when we come back on the other side. Welcome back to the Orange and Brown Talk podcast. Dan Lobby with Mary Kay Cabot and Ashley Bastock. All right, this is an interesting one. Uh, Terry Richards in Peoria, Arizona. With Joe Thomas, induction into the Hall of Fame coming up. Blank will be the next Browns Hall of Fame inductee. I'm going to wreck our brains for this one. I I have a nominee. Mary Kay, you have somebody? Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I think it'll be miles. I think it'll be miles because even if, uh, you know, Joel ends his career before miles does, I think it's going to be harder to get in as a guard. It's really hard to get in as a guard. It's so hard. You're going up against tackles. You're going up against the best of the best. And what usually happens is takes you a long time to get in as a guard. And, um, you know, generally you end up with the five best players that year. You know, that's what people end up doing regardless of, you know, other things like they're running out of time to get in or whatever the case may be. And guards just kind of seem to fall by the wayside. So I think it's going to be a a tough, uh, you know, a tough journey for Joel. Although I think he's really getting to that point where he's going to deserve consideration uh, they're going to have to get some victories, maybe a, a Super Bowl or two to get him in there. But I think, you know, if Miles can accomplish the goals that, that he has for himself over the next couple of years, and if Jim Schwartz can do with Miles what he says he's going to do, which is take him up another level than he has been, um, you know, if he gets over the top into real bona fide NFL Defensive Player of the Year, that category, then, um, you know, then he will have himself in, in hall of fame territory sooner than later. So I'm going to say miles. Yeah. Miles seems like an obvious one, Ashley, I was going to make the case for Joel, but the issue is the guard thing. Like, I just don't know. So he's 31 miles is 27. So Joel, you know, we assume will retire sooner than miles Garrett. Um, but you know, Miles is going to have the numbers that I don't think it's going to take him real long, especially if he does really take off under Jim Schwartz. Um, I, I have a, I have another name I would throw out there, too. Ooh. But first, I want to hear if you have anybody, Ashley, or if you want to weigh in on these two. Yeah, I'll weigh in on these two because my first thought was Joel, but then Mary Kay, the, our Hall of Fame voter here, <laughs> lays out why it might be harder for him. So now I'm kind of, I'm on the Miles train, too. I mean, I, with the caveat that, I think he has to hit some of those big goals that he has for himself, right? Like I think he needs to win defensive player of the year. I think he needs to keep chasing like the season set, like a sack title and and things like that. Maybe the sack record. Um, I do think he needs to accomplish more, but given the position and how difficult it is for guards, like it's easy to see why on, on surface level, you know, my heart wants to say Joel. And I think he's a few more all pros and, and pro bowls away from like us really, really, really hammering home and talking about it. Um, I think it might end up being Miles just because of the position that Miles plays compares to, compared to Joel. But Dan, I'm curious who your other person is, because those were my two. So, 
so my other the other one that I have in mind is just because every game after every game the Browns send out game notes like and it's usually like statistical achievements and and things like that. And there is one guy that is in those game notes every week and every single thing about those game notes says the first Browns player to do this since Jim Brown. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Nick Chubb currently Five years in, has 6,341 rushing yards. He's gone one, two, three, four straight years, over 1,000 yards, one year over 1,500, another year where he was at 1,494. Um, if he has any sort of longevity to his career, Mary Kane, it seems like that was maybe who you were going to throw out here. Mm-hmm. If he has any sort of longevity to his career, he's going to have the statistics to where you start to wonder, oh, is this guy, is guy going to go to the Hall of Fame? Yes, absolutely. I think uh, you could, you know, you could start to make a case pretty soon that he has accomplished uh, tremendous, tremendous things in the NFL. And if he puts together uh, three more seasons like he has in the past, then uh, he's going to be right up where, right up there with some of the best of the best. Again, I think some winning would help this football team. Uh, some of these guys get the recognition that they deserve, but I certainly think that uh, that Nick Chubb will be in the conversation as he moves forward. And you know, too, Ashley, again, sort of like Joel, this might depend on timing because you know Derek yeah. Henry is going to be up at some point before Nick there, there's going to be a, a lot of this is based on timing but I just think Nick is Nick is putting together the beginning stages of that type of career I agree and like before our listeners are like oh my gosh how could she not say Nick Chubb first but like I, I was thinking in terms of like Joel and Miles would probably retire first and therefore be eligible sooner um, and especially with Joel just kind of thinking about how good he is and, and things like that but I do think like you said Dan when you're putting up Jim Brown type numbers, you know, who they just named the league's rushing title after Jim Brown. When you're putting up those kind of numbers and on that same level in the franchise he played, I think you have to have be a part of that conversation eventually if he can keep up that longevity. I mean, I think that's key. We all know how the lifespan of running backs goes, but ultimately I think what might be helping him is the fact, you know, he got to play with Kareem Hunt for all these years and they were really managing his carries and now they have Deshaun Watson. So I think the Browns are doing everything they can to try to get that longevity out of him. I think now it's just a matter of, Will it work? How long will he play? When's he going to be eligible? All those things. Okay, here's another fill in the blank question. This one uh, comes from the 423 area code. At the end of the 2023 season, Deshaun Watson will be the number blank rated quarterback, which reminds me, we got to do our quarterback draft still. That's, uh, we, we got to get going on that. But Mary Kay, what, where is Deshaun Watson in the pecking order at the end of next season? You know, for some reason, the number four just popped into my head. I don't know why. Uh, maybe because that's his number. I don't know. But, you know, that's what that's what came into my mind. Um, it just I didn't give it any thought whatsoever. I just wanted to see what was going to jump in there. And that's what did. And so, you know, why not? I'm going to stick with it. Um, my first answer to the test is number four. The last time he played in 2020, he was number two. He was number two. So I'm going to knock him back a few from that. Um, But as long as they end up with that other really great receiver that I keep talking about that they need, um, I can see him throwing, you know, 30 some touchdown passes against seven interceptions and, and having just a dynamite 
dynamite rating. He'll be supported by Nick Chubb in the running game. And I think, you know, he'll he'll have his sea legs in this offense and everybody will be uh, ready to adjust to him and the things that he can do. And I, I think that's where he'll land. I was going to say top five. I don't know if I had a specific number like Mary Kay. I mean, four is a good one, but I do think like for the Browns sake, he, he better be top five considering everything they've gone through to get him and considering the fact he's going to have a full year in this offense. So I do think given his past performance, um, I do still think they need to add a couple more pass catchers, but as long as Amari Cooper can stay healthy, David Njoku can stay healthy. I think all of that's working in his favor. Um, And I think the fact that he's going to have input, you know, with Kevin Stefanski on this offense is big that coupled with his physical abilities, I think top five. I'm going to say for whatever reason, number six popped in my head. So Mary Kay, you had number four. I, went, I guess I went with the former Browns quarterback. Yeah, four, five, four, six. Five, six. Uh, so yeah, that was the number that popped yeah. into my head. Just, you know, this is like taking a test. Just follow follow your gut feeling. So uh, so there we go. We got four, four, five, and six there. Okay. Our guy Paxton Styles in Chevrolet, Maryland, one of our favorites, came through with some non-football questions. One of them is, what is the worst fashion decision you've ever made? And Paxton, let me tell you, it's just me getting dressed every day. That is... <laughs> That is the answer to the question. For I me. was going to say for you, Dan, the time you wore the teal blue dolphin <laughs> shirt when they were playing in Miami and everyone thought you were sending some kind of coded message to our, our YouTube That is true. And I was walking through the dolphins tailgate lot wearing dolphins colors. That was, yeah, I've, I've made better choices, choices than that. Here's his other question, though. If you could use magic to do one mundane task for the rest of your life, what would it be? Blow drying my hair. <laughs> Such a good That's one. Good. Mary Kay and I are always late on days that we wash our hair and have to <laughs> blow dry it. It takes a long time. The male listeners of this podcast probably don't fully appreciate that fact. I am, I'm going to choose one. So I'm just in this mode right now where I feel like I'm driving back and forth to the high school here, like five times a day six just picking kids you know picking my son yeah. up or going to my daughter's school and picking her up that's my choice right now i mean that's a little short-sighted because we're saying that's for the one. rest of our lives and that's a very you know at some yeah. point that'll be useless to me but right now i'm just tired of driving up and down that road like over and over and over again so i, I might say that but let, let's be honest the me. answer for all of us is just writing so mine was gonna be close Uh, well I was gonna have two my like everyday life one is vacuuming because I I hate vacuuming it's my least favorite chore I hate it so much but they do make robots for that I realized they make Roombas I just need to get a Roomba I just don't want to spend the money so my other one was going to be transcribing and like I'm talking we use software now to help us transcribe but I'm talking I want perfect transcripts back where I don't have to think about it it's instantaneous because that is by far, I think, the thing most of us hate the most about our jobs is the transcribing of the interviews. It's just, it takes so long, so mundane. I hate listening to the sound of my own voice back. Horrible. I think I might be able to help both of you, actually, uh, with the things that you want. I've got a Roomba sitting in my front hall <laughs> closet here uh, that I have never taken out of the box. Um, yeah, so Amazing. it's just sitting there. Um, so Ashley, you're welcome to, uh, to, to have it. And, uh, (laughs) and Dan, for you, I know how much you like Subarus 
and uh, I have one in my driveway that is for sale. So with your children about so, to uh, reach driving age, I'm pretty sure that Ethan has his temps by now, does, right? Is that temps, correct? So we're, again, this is there a really go. short-sighted choice, but still. So yeah. it's Are just you- sitting here waiting for the perfect owner. And it is a cream puff, let me tell you. Very low mileage, beautiful car, black, uh, out. Is it an Outback? What is that? Ooh, yeah, Outback. I think it is. <laughs> it's a beautiful. It's a beautiful car. So, you guys come on over, That's and uh, I can make that magic happen for Mary you. Kay. Mary Kay <laughs> is selling a car on the podcast. <laughs> and in a vacuum. Yes. It's, uh, it's Look at her. Horrible. This is where your your salesmanship comes through from your your old yeah Mary the Kay only days. reason yes i used to sell mary Kay cosmetics finally i just you know acquiesced and said okay i'll do it but <laughs> one of the only reasons why i really have wanted to take the roomba out of the box is to watch shelby ride around on it so yes. you know when you yes. get your puppy ashley which your puppy's going to be a big yes. part of this podcast going forward we all know that um but yes, your puppy could have a ride on the roomba as well and Ethan can take the puppy and the Roomba in the suit. <laughs> Whatever there makes it so I don't have to drive up and down that stupid road to our <laughs> high school anymore. That would be just fantastic. Uh, all right, let's get back to a football question. This comes from the 407 area code. The player that you expect to show the biggest improvement next season is blank. I'm going to go with Deshaun Watson. I think Deshaun Watson is going to make a tremendous amount of improvement in 2023. I think, uh, you know, last year seemed to be an aberration. There were so many things thrown at him. They just didn't have time to really figure it all out and make sure that he was going to be good to go in those final six games. There were a lot of extenuating circumstances. They have to figure out, uh, they have to figure some things out. They have to figure out uh, him. He has to figure out them. They've got to get the play calling right. They got to get it blocked up properly. They need to add that receiver and they all need to practice together. So I'm saying Deshaun Watson, and if it all goes as I think it will go, he'll end up the number four ranked quarterback in the NFL. Yeah, I was going to say that was essentially the answer to the last question too, right? Like if he makes that sort of jump, that has to be the answer. Ashley, who did you have? Well, besides Deshaun, the other person I was thinking about is Miles Garrett, assuming that he is going to make some kind of jump under Jim Schwartz that it sounds like Jim Schwartz thinks he can make. Um, And if he does make that kind of jump, I think then you're talking about, is he winning the sack title for that year? Is he going to win defensive player of the year award? Even though Miles Garrett has had a couple of good individual seasons here back to back, I do think, you know, with agree with Jim Schwartz that there is another level that they can take him. So I do think, you know, it's about not letting anything impact his season the way like the car wreck did this year. But I think he could definitely make some kind of big jump here with a new defensive right, coordinator. So Mary Kay said Deshaun Watson. Ashley said Miles Garrett. I was going to say Jerome Ford, but that doesn't have the that doesn't have quite the ring to it as, as those other two. But I did feel like last week at the combine, Jerome Ford was a pretty significant topic of conversation uh, when we heard from Kevin, when we heard from Andrew. And I think they're excited about maybe what he could do if he does end up as that number two running back. Um, so I think the opportunity there could could mean big things for uh jerome ford now speaking of the combine mary Kay, you and i kind of talked about this a little bit last week but 
uh, from Big Dog Jim in Columbus, Ohio. Uh, favorite place to eat at the Combine and favorite silly thing at the Combine. I'm trying to figure out, I guess, just like something at the Combine that's like, well, what exactly are we doing here? Why, why, do, we, why do we do this every year? Or why, why does this happen? Uh, so favorite place to eat and favorite silly thing at the Combine. I'm going to start with favorite silly thing at the combine, and then I will move into favorite place to eat, but favorite silly thing in the at the combine. And I think you guys are probably going to agree with me on this is setting foot in prime at one o'clock in the morning. That is a really sometimes dumb thing to do. I mean, just dumb. And it happened to be dumb when we all did it the other night. Right. I mean, it It was was a disaster. It was a disaster. It's wall to wall people. You cannot move. You can't get a drink for the most part. Uh, It's just so incredibly challenging. Um, You know, you can't even talk to each other or anybody else. And honest to God, I I mean, I used to love going to Prime uh, and it was called, I can't even remember what it was called before, but um but I used to love going there because it was a great place to, you know, network and see people and talk to people. And it's just gotten to the point where you cannot do that anymore. So give me the J-dub any day of the week. That's my spot. And um, the main bar, not high velocity. I like that one too. But, yeah. you know, I just like to park myself at the uh, at a high top table or somewhere at the J-dub and... Uh, that's, you know, that's where I, I feel like I belong more than in an incredibly crowded prime where, especially if you're on the petite side, like me, like you can't even breathe. You cannot see anyone or see no. anything. And uh, I, it's. I it's thought we were going to like lose Mary Kay forever. <laughs> that was going to be it. We were just never going to see Mary Kay again. People. It's just crazy in there. It's just gotten just so out of control. We somehow. Like there needs to be like a new place that is, you know, we need a new prime. But anyways, so that's that. And then, you know, I never end up eating at at St. Elmo's. I haven't eaten there in years and years and years just because, you know, it's hard to get a reservation and it's very expensive. So I guess for now, I'm just going to say Harry and Izzy's, even though it's sort of the, the uh, you know, the poor man's St. Elmo's. I'm, I'm going to go Harry and Izzy's. It's hard to argue that one, Ashley. I mean, because especially because like every time we go, we eat there like three times and then we venture someplace else yes. just like one random night. Um, yep. We did all make it to uh, Iaria's on. I don't remember what night we did that, but that was yeah. uh, that was a win. Thursday. So uh, it, it kind of that's the thing about Indianapolis, like whatever, whatever you're looking for, they've they've got it downtown somewhere. Mm hmm. Yes, you know, I I really think Harry and Izzy's was my surefire pick. And, you know, everyone always talks about the shrimp cocktail with St. Elmo's and Harry and Izzy's, which they share a kitchen, so they have the same exact one. I, and Mary Kay knows this, love the meatballs that they have on their appetizer menu. I will get that over the shrimp cocktail every day. They are so good. I think about them like randomly in the middle of, you know, winter or middle of the summer and be like, God, I wish I could just door dash some Harry and Izzy's right now. So I definitely think that's like the, that's the restaurant I think of when I go to Indy. If I go to Indy, I have to eat there. Well, you know, on the first night that we went there, uh, Ashley and I both ordered the same thing. The 
the meatball yes, appetizers and a Caesar salad. And when the meatballs came, I was looking at that plate and I was like, there's no way I can eat all three of these. So I offered one to Dan who didn't have his food yet because uh, he got there a little bit late saying to him, I'm not going to eat the all these three meatballs. I had no problem knocking back all three of the meatballs. And poor Dan was across the table wondering where was his after I had offered him one. But uh, no. No, he, he had turned me down before that. But um, but yeah, the meatballs there are are excellent. We recommend them highly. There we go. Yes. Our videographer, Dave Anderson, loves when we talk about food on the podcast. It's his, it's his favorite. <laughs> so that, that, one was, that one was for Dave. Um, all right. I think that's everything. Silliest, I guess, silliest thing at the Combine. I mean, maybe it is just wandering around Indianapolis. Just try, It's like stalking people or it's like just wandering around Indianapolis seeing who you run into. That, that always seems a little bit like... I was... That always feels a little bit like, oh, this is a little creepy, but yeah. That's what we got to do. Everyone knows what the deal is. It was, and I was going to say my other, well, there are a couple that I will not say on the podcast, but the one I was thinking of for the combine itself, and we always laugh about this. It's during the player interviews when they get a million questions about, have you talked with this team? Have you talked with that team? And we've joked for years, there should just be like a whiteboard in front of their podiums and be like teams you have met with. And like, Trust me, I get it. We're all trying to do our jobs, but it just gets very repetitive where it's like a random one-off question of, have you talked with the Bucks? Have you talked with the Bears? Have you talked with the Steelers? Like, just get these guys a whiteboard or a piece of paper and write it all down so that we can ask them other things about Or they themselves. could maybe have a little, like a t-shirt, and every time yes. they have a formal with a team, just add it to the, the front or the back of yes. the t-shirt. And then, yeah, so during the interview, they could just kind of turn around and say, here's the teams I've had formals with so far i'll tell you what it gets real weird like after we're done with coach and gm availabilities and like some of the like regular beats kind of clear out and then it's just prospects and some really random mm -hmm. folks asking questions it gets real weird at those podiums sometimes so yeah that that <laughs> might does. actually be it like when it when it just starts to get weird and you have someone asking questions about you know would you rather do this or that or it's it gets strange. Well, here's another yeah. silly thing yeah. about the combine now, and that is to throw a bunch of sports writers into Indy with everybody that they need to see out until three o'clock in the morning and then expect them to be at interviews yes. by 8 a.m. 8 a.m. Yeah. Right? I don't. It's just yep. incongruous. I don't know how, like, sure this was like it was like this for both of you too when i was in college that was nothing like oh four hours of sleep yeah no problem i'm good ready to go let's get after it now i feel like i'm gonna die for about a week yeah after the first day it's like oh my gosh i have to do this oh my gosh three, three more times more <laughs> no sleep yes. get up at seven something yeah it's it's quite but the week the craziest part is by Friday, you're like, oh my God, like this week, like, and we've, we've talked about this, especially the days where you have your GM and your coach, there are not enough hours in the day to get done everything you have to get done, coupled with all of the walking around the convention center. I mean, you waste a lot of time just walking to get from place to place within the building. Since I could so navigate big. that convention center with my eyes closed. Next year, that's the challenge. I'm going to navigate <laughs> from the interview room blindfold to Dan. the media room with a blindfold. It's going to happen. Now, can I ask something real quick? Yes. 
Ashley, did you have uh, your worst fashion choice ever? Because I can't think of one. Do you Do you have oh, one? Yeah. No, no, I don't think so. Not off the top I of can't my think head. I like to think we're very yeah. stylish. Only Dan <laughs> has the poor fashion choices here. We're very stylish. very stylish. We never have bad fashion choices. I stand by every fashion <laughs> choice I have ever made. Yeah. Well, I think we're good, it must, Dan. It must feel good. all right well that will do it for this edition of the orange brown talk podcast make sure you're subscribed uh, on apple podcasts or spotify and also become a football insider subscriber cleveland.com slash browns and blue banner at the top of the page to get info for that get signed up for mary Kay and ashley i'm dan thanks for listening everybody